1: Cynical. I'm still wondering if there isn't some switcheroo coming on the Bolton book. Because they didn't have quotes from the Bolton book in the New York Times. Right. They just had a, um, a characterization of what was in the book. Right. And I just wonder if, if it's just all building up the fact... Everybody in America now knows there's a, a book written by John Bolton. Which may have been the entire point, and then when the actual book comes out... It's funny that part's not in there. And when he's asked to testify about it, he's going to say, "I don't know what you're talking about." Just hours after the news of the manuscript broke on Sunday in the New York Times, Bolton Books was, Bolton's book was available for pre-order on Amazon.
3: Ah, there you go. Somebody coordinated. No, that. they didn't. They <laughs> put out a press release saying they didn't. All right. Yeah, you know, I I actually I need to use the next commercial break for a basic human need. If I didn't, I would give you this challenge. All right, make you this offer. Give me a simple statement of fact, and I will spin it, say, four ways for four different constituencies, and each one will be factually correct. So the fact that Maggie Haberman, who can't stand Trump... Who works for the New York Times, which has dedicated itself to removing him openly, including openly discussing should we set aside usual journalistic ethics because this is so important? So she gets, you know, a a quip from the John Bolton book and characterizes it in the most horrific way possible. That's not that exciting. Um, And as I made the point last hour. The whole Bolton thing, the whole quid pro quo thing, it ought to be a non-topic, except that the president's defense team has screwed up his defense, in my mind.
1: The exciting thing is it's probably going to bring us witnesses. Uh, so we will get to see Bolton, and if we get to see Bolton, we're probably going to see Hunter Biden.
3: So that's, yeah, un- that's going to be fun. understand, and we have a lot of Lou, Lou listeners. And <laughs> you can see why <laughs> We have a lot of new listeners Every day And we appreciate that very much We are humbly grateful uh, It's probably worth pointing out to you Occasionally on the show We'll be wearing our constitutional analysis hat Then fairly quickly Take it off, toss it down And put on the uh, uh, the, the hat of Wouldn't this be cool <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean what would be entertaining Oh yeah Look In terms of the Constitution, the health of the country, the Trump presidency, if you care about that, whatever. The whole Hunter Biden thing is is irrelevant and silly, and the impeachment thing shouldn't even go there because everything Trump's been accused of does not rise to an impeachable offense. It doesn't matter if he did it. Express your disdain at the ballot box, friends. Um, But having said that, if they do did Drack the old coke snorting uh, stripper Dayton girl, knocking up in <laughs> fake board membering Hunter Biden? Oh, that would be entertaining as hell. Uh, so, listen, I referenced an email and I want to talk about it. I can't put my hands on it right now. I got too much stuff over here. But one of our more insightful listeners said, "Listen, I I just think there's a systematic problem with polls. And that, which polls? Th- All of them." Okay. okay. that's You know what? Thank you for, for
1: mentioning that. You mean like the new poll that has Bernie up by nine in Iowa and leading most polls in New Hampshire? Looking like a Bernie two for sweep. Bernie is your nominee.
3: Oh, stop it. Yeah, good. So anyway. exciting. Um, uh, They made the point that, in general, progressive-type people want to trumpet their point of view every chance they get. And in general... Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba- Conservative-type people, a little more hesitant to do that, and or are too busy working to do that. Now, that last statement, (laughs) I concede, is slightly prejudicial. (laughs) Oh, boy. But... I think there is a fair amount of truth to that, especially in bluish parts of the country. Conservatives, because if you express any view that's within a mile of conservatism, you're accused of the most horrific sorts of bad motivations and sins. You're a racist. You're a hater. You're just like the rich. The rest of it, no, I just think limited government yields more happiness and wealth for everybody. You're a racist! After a while, you get a little tired of that, so you become a tad more uh, reticent to show your views. I will tell you this, and I can only tell you this a little bit because of certain contractual realities that have to do with the uh, the radio rating system. We can't talk about it. It's like Fight Club. Yeah, exactly. It's very much like Fight Club. Um. And Ed Norton runs the radio ratings, which is odd. But The flaw in Fight Club to me was the idea that there
1: are that many people that want to get the hell beat out of them. I mean, I like the idea of, like, feeling more manly and getting back to, like, you know, root causes of, of being a of being yeah. alive.
3: Yeah. But I do not want to get, like, gashed open. To actually get the bejesus beat <laughs> no. out of you. Yeah. And, and the Maybe, guy... you know, boxing with the gloves and the headgear and the rest yeah, of it? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, but the, the the seeing the guy at work and he's got the 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 stitches clear across his head because he got gashed open and right. he kind of gives you the wink and you got your arm in a
3: cast and you're right. like, yeah, cool. <laughs> I
1: just don't think there are that many well, people. It's a big city. They are in New York, right? And just
3: I mean, one out of ten thousand—that's enough people in a big city. But anyway, the the thing to know is there's a bit of ah, oh boy. Can um, I, okay. I, I will just say this. No, I can't say this. Oh my God, now I'm paralyzed with fear, um, or at least uh, concern over legalities. Uh, I would Maybe just. It's the say, coronavirus. To the point. Oh, I've got an interesting story on that for you. I mean, like a personal story. Um, people who are busy, successful, um, uh, involved in their community, the rest of it are less likely to have time to deal with stuff that is not fundamentally important to their lives. And that is an issue in talk radio. I will just say that. Y'all are busy. So it's tougher to recruit you for various things. Anyway, uh, so I think there's some truth to that, um, the polling theory that our listener had. Just real quickly, the coronavirus thing. Um, uh, 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 A gent I know, he's a business person. He deals with Chinese companies and has to go there and visit them fairly frequently. Um, his contacts in China said, this is way, way worse than the government is letting on. We strongly suggest you don't come. And so he canceled this trip. And these are people wow. he knows and trusts. They said, do not listen to the government. This is bad. Donald Trump, don't trust China. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't.
1: Couple of things we got to alert you to. You know about FOMO, fear of missing out. The yep. new thing is Fobo. Fobo is the new thing. And speaking of new things, there's yet another YouTube challenge that your kids might be. What's it called, Michael? This YouTube oh, challenge that the kids oh, might it's dangerous. Your kids might do it. What's it called, Michael?
3: Um, it is the. Here I got it the, in front of me.
1: The outlet challenge. The outlet oh, the, challenge. Oh no! Don't let your kids your kid are probably that. doing the outlet challenge today. And you need to know about it as a parent before they, you know, if they are still alive, have lived through the
3: Tide Pod Challenge and the... Right. Cinnamon Challenge. All right. Ice Bucket Challenge, which was nice. The Poke a Mean Dog right. with a Stick Challenge. But you're saying FOMO is out and FOBO is FOMO in? FOBO is so in. So now I have FOMO of not knowing what FOBO is. Ooh, the double whammy. Anywhere.
1: The double whammy. Dang it. Maybe we'll have Joe do the outlet challenge when we come back. You've
3: hooked me like a large <laughs> bass.
1: Oh, All on the way.
2: It doesn't take much to be electrocuted fatally. The molten coin will start flying in all directions and it's propelled from the elbow. It's kind of a violent act. Social media is what elevates it. If anything nearby that was uh, easily combustible, like paper, a book, or a box, or even the clothing that the student was wearing, could have easily been ignited by that spark. Just because someone got away with it on video, and who knows if the video wasn't even touched up, doesn't mean that you'll get away with it.
1: You know, you ask the question as a building principal, why would you do something like this? And, you know, got the simple answer, I oh, thought it would be kind of fun. It's the latest YouTube challenge that has killed and are injured thousands of children across the neighborhoods. We assume it's thousands. The outlet challenge. What? How does it work? Well, yeah, what, what do, you, do you do exactly? You take
2: a coin and you put it um, into the electrical outlet and you try and get the spark.
3: Okay.
1: So okay. they
2: they tried to do it and, of course, they caught something on fire doing
1: it. So fantastic. that's the new challenge for kids. Is it? See, none of these things are actually the new challenge for kids. They're, they're not uh, eating Tide Pods or... Dying, choking on cinnamon. Or any of
3: these things that the uh, news
1: media tells us. is uh,
3: Yeah, I, you know, kids who are gobbling down Tide Pods, they're probably being handed those pods by Charles Darwin. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm not talking about little kids. Keep anything toxic away from little kids. They don't know better. But if your 17-year-old is gobbling <laughs> Tide Pods, that is evolution sending a message. And I'm Whoa. sorry to be so frank.
1: Yeah, that reminds me.
3: God, you know what? And listen, a certain percentage of the audience just recoiled from me saying that. We need to get back to more of that. Just people, oh, we've gotten so soft. We've gotten so... Never never tell anybody they're responsible for themselves or they need to make good decisions. That's just, that's too judgmental. Everybody just needs a hand from the government. Stop it. If you eat detergent, it's going to make you sick. Whoa. Whoa! So
1: some kid at my son's school had my son, kid, child, not like college kid, child, another fourth grader, okay. had my son look at something on the internet, oh boy, that had him crying and unable to go to sleep. Oh, no. All weekend long, and, oh, and we still no. don't exactly know what it was because he doesn't want to talk about it. <sighs> and you know, well, you know the internet; it could be freaking anything.
3: Oh yeah. Oh my god. And 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 the array of possibilities oh, is yeah. sickening. And, and
1: and and as he's calmed down enough to talk to him about it, because we couldn't at the time, because um, he was he was acting kind of weird on Friday, and then he just he just like fell apart on Friday night, and then um, he told us what had happened and. And then when he was able to calm down, I told him, I said, and so now you know what I'm talking about, because I've been telling them for a long time, and they talk about, why can't we go on Google? Why can't we go on YouTube? Why can't we look at everyone? And I say, there are things on there that you can see that you'll never be able to forget. You'll never forget them in your life that are that are horrifying, that are out there on the Internet. And you just, you just got to believe me that that's true. Mm-hmm. And he now does believe me. There are things I wish I had never seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish I'd never seen them. And As I stay, an adult? Yeah, exactly. And I stay away from them because I don't think there's any upside. I know some of you uh, believe in the whole, you know, I want to be exposed to everything or whatever. Um, or I can handle it or whatever. I don't see the upside to being exposed to everything. And, and actually... Well, it's pretty well known. Ask the people that work for Facebook and for a living are exposed to everything. Right. They quit their jobs, kill themselves, and become drug addicts.
3: Right. By being exposed to everything. It's I just, damaging. I don't see the upside to it. Yeah, ask cops who have to go to crime scenes. They're not benefiting from that. It's costing them.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk talk to cops whose job is, you know, uh, dealing with child porn and stuff like that. Yeah. If, and, and, and and so to anybody would think... um. You know, your kid needs to toughen up or whatever. Cops, grown-ups who do this thing for a living, who end up killing themselves or or becoming opioid addicts because they can't handle all this stuff. You have your child who has no vision of the possibilities of awfulness that exists in the world and all of a sudden, they see some of it. Yeah, that'll make an impact on you. Well, and, and one of the it's, and I and my ultimate point is, there's no way to keep your kid from running into this stuff. It right, just, it, it
3: which is just so scary. To it me. is. I oh, just, it's
1: horrifying.
3: You know, I miss terribly my my kids being kids because I loved being a dad of a house full of kids more than I could tell you. But, um, I am kind of grateful that. They missed this.
1: Oh, yeah. Just
3: it's... by a few years, my kids are, you know, my youngest is 20.
1: And every generation probably since uh, since the wheel was invented is thought, you know, it's harder raising kids now because now that the fire has been invented, they didn't have fire when I was a kid. <laughs> and now you got to worry about your kid playing with fire and it's all different. Yes. But this is something different. The fact that kids can be exposed to all of the worst stuff in the world if there's one third grader that has a smartphone. Right. Right, and brings it to school and has the the cell phone plan. they can at, at lunch hour or or after school see the most awful stuff that exists
3: right well and and adults, especially adults who have to deal with grim ish stuff on a regular basis, whether you're you know you work in an emergency room or you're a cop or or you know you're in the news business, for instance, you get good at compartmentalizing it's a skill of oh, that's sickening. Get it out of my mind. Get it out of my mind. I have to deal with it, but I, I I'm not going to internalize it. Kids don't have that, man. No, it goes right to their soul. Sure. And uh, yikes, that's so. Terrible. Oh, it is. Oh, it man. is.
1: And it's and it's and part of the reason it was so troubling is like there there's no eliminating this from happening. It's going to happen more and more and more. Next year there'll be more kids with smartphones. Yeah, who and, want to
3: shock and amaze yeah. their peers,
1: and then and soon he'll be at somebody's house and they've got access to do whatever they want and the and the inclination to want to figure it out and just
3: yeah yeah that's a, oh that's man something. that's you know just and and I'm sure you'll deal with it in a, a fine and great way but you know if you ever do get a chance to talk specifics with them or at least figure out you know the area maybe you can give them a little perspective yeah which would help because kids don't have perspective.
1: Um, Oh, man. Good news on the immigration front. A Supreme Court ruling yesterday. This is pretty important. In a 5-4 decision, the Supreme Court announced it would allow the Trump administration to implement a new policy that will deny entry to any alien seeking admission to the United States if he or she is likely at any time to become a public charge. Anyone who is likely to become primarily dependent on the government for subsistence. So there's two reasons this ruling is important. One, a lot of you listening agree with that. You coming into this country and you're going to end up on the government dole? Sorry you ain't coming in.
3: But we're a nation of immigrants that have always had strict rules on you've got to be self-supporting part a family that, that will support you.
1: The other part of it that this is really interesting is one state had decided, no, we don't like that, a Trump-hating state or a uh, soft state, in my opinion. And so the popular thing now is to have these nationwide injunctions. So you, right. uh, and this is what Clarence Thomas and Gorsuch said yesterday, you're acting as a mini-Supreme Court for the nation. This has happened 40 times during the Trump administration. It happened 20 during the entire eight years under Obama, and it's been growing, and it's a, a problem, but it's happened 40 times in three years of Trump, where some mini-Supreme Court decides for the entire country what the law is going to right. be. They
3: found some judge in some state.
1: And William Barr said yesterday he called on the judiciary to re-examine a practice that embitters the political life of the nation, no doubt, flouts constitutional principles and stultifies sound judicial administration all at the cost of public confidence in our institutions. You probably have the same feeling I have. You you hear that Trump enacted something and you feel like, well, some whack job court, in my opinion, is going to shut it down and it's over. So you just don't even believe in the law anymore.
3: Right. That's well put, man. That's That's interesting. Yeah. Let's stay on that topic. Oh, we got another email, great uh, great email from a listener who pointed out, so now Mexico is stopping all those migrants from Central America. So Mexico is acting as our wall and they're paying for it. Good one. Hello. That's pretty clever right Hello. there.
1: Armstrong and Getty So We got a bunch of texts about uh, protecting your kids from horrifying stuff on the Internet. My son saw something terrible and, uh, and really interesting stuff. So we'll get to that coming up. Um, and also, I needed to tell you what FOBO is. So you know about FOMO, fear of missing out. FOBO is the fear of a better option. I recognize that, too. Oh. FOMO, I have felt. Fear of missing out. FOBO is another thing. Fear that there's a better option. So I'm hoping you don't think there's a, that you're suffering for FOBO as you listen to this right now, because we're about to hit you with a little
3: impeachment talk, but we think it's the best part of what happened yesterday. You know, and be, I'm sorry, before we get to that, I'm starting to have FOBI, fear of being included. <laughs> <laughs> I would like the world to just leave me alone on a lot of it because oh not a fear, lot of it, not
1: phob no not fear of not be of being
3: not included it's phobia right. you don't want to be included right oh, yeah. okay. I just leave me out of your screaming <laughs> matches and you're being angry all the time and the rest of it I just fear uh,
1: of being included
3: yeah I got the phobia phobos like I had phobo yesterday
1: I I had time alone at my house for the first time that I can remember maybe in ten years. I had an hour and a half by myself at home. Wow. First time I've had, I think, any time by myself at home in 10 years. And yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, I believe you. Um, <laughs> and it was weird. It's like, where's well, all these things I've wanted to get done? There's things I'd uh, like to do.
3: I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know, was just paralyzed. The youngsters can't relate to this, but I call it uh, video store syndrome. Or Judy and I, you know, we, we enjoy the wine. One day we were going to go to a particular winemaking region. We were all excited about it. We were going to do a weekend there, and it's like the night before we are going to leave, I look it up, I find out there's 225 wineries in this region. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, I don't know which, I don't want to waste my, there are too many, and we didn't go. Wow. Which is... Phobo, you were stultified by Phobo. Right.
1: <laughs> what if we only go to
3: the bad ones? <laughs> stultified by Phobo, the Joe Getty story. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Uh, so listen, I happened to be driving last evening when Alan Dershowitz was in the last uh, significant chunk of his uh, testimony before the Senate during the impeachment uh, 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 witch hunt thing, um, impeachment trial last night, and I just thought it was knockout good. It was funny. Uh, Jack was quote, "Who was, who said it was like porn for Mike Lee and Ted Glenn Bruce? Beck?" Glenn Beck did. That's pretty funny because I was just loving it. Is a bit of a, a, a Constitution honk. Um, but his summary, I thought, was very, very good and goes to the heart of what should have been the entirety of the Trump defense. We're going to play a, a significant chunk of it for you because virtually nobody's watching or listening to this, and they're certainly not uh, there at the bitter end. Uh, Alan Dershowitz of Harvard.
2: As I begin, I will close. I am here today because I love my country. I love the country that welcomed my grandparents and made them into great patriots and supporters of the freest and most wonderful country in the history of the world. I love our Constitution, the greatest and most enduring document in the history of humankind. I respectfully urge you not to let your feelings about one man, strong as they may be, to establish a precedent that would undo the work of our founders, injure the constitutional future of our children, and cause irreparable damage to the delicate balance of our system of separation of powers and checks and balances. As Justice Curtis said during the trial of Andrew Johnson, a greater principle is at stake than the fate of any particular president. The fate of future presidents, of different parties and policies is also at stake, as is the fate of our constitutional system. The passions and fears of the moment must not blind us to our past and to our future. Hamilton predicted that impeachment would agitate the passions of the whole community and enlist all of their animosities, partialities, influence, and interest on one or the other. The Senate, the Senate was established as a wise and mature check on the passions of the moment with, quote, a deep responsibility to future times. I respectfully urge the distinguished members of this great body to think beyond the emotions of the day and to vote against impeaching on the unconstitutional articles now before you, to remove a duly elected president and to prevent the voters from deciding his fate on the basis of these articles would neither do justice to this president nor to our enduring Constitution. There is no conflict here. Impeaching would deny both justice to an individual and justice to our Constitution. I thank you for your close attention. It has been a great honor for me to address this distinguished matter on this body, on this important matter. Thank you so much for your attention.
3: Just previous to that, he did, uh, I'm sorry, do you want to comment on that real
1: quick? That or? guy's
3: 81 years old.
0: What?
1: For one thing. Oh. so Oh, to be that fortunate. You know, a lot of our candidates are not that sharp at that age. Yeah. But he yeah. is 81 years old, and I love that line of think beyond the emotions of the day.
3: Yeah. He had actually just previous to that did a couple of said a couple of things I thought that were pretty significant. Number one, he outlined several times when he has been uh, rather strongly anti the Republican view of critical cases through the years, including Bush v. Gore. Yeah, that he was on the day. other
1: side of that one. He wrote a whole yeah. book about it.
3: Yeah, um, and so he he won. He he made the point rather painstakingly that listen, I am not a honk for the Republican Party nor Donald Trump the other thing he said that was the bulk of his address which i just i think is so clearly true is the the two allegations obstruction of congress is laughable that one will that will be laughed out of the senate it's not even worth discussing The administration saying, you say we have to testify, we don't think we have to, we need to ask the courts, the third branch of government. The idea that that is obstruction is, again, hilarious. That's the way the Constitution works. Now, to the uh, abuse of power, Dershowitz's point was that that is such an incredibly vague charge. It's, it could be applied to every president in American history, and multiple times, certainly each of the last several. It's just way, way too vague. And, you know, I would argue, because I actually disagree with Dershowitz, he thinks now that there has to be a crime crime. I can picture scenarios where a president is so obviously abusing the American people in the constitution that everybody agrees he needs to go. And there's no documentable like criminal offense. But having said that, he said, look, this one is not nearly big enough to say it's such an egregious abuse of power that he needs to go. and, and, then uh, one of the... Pre- Cipollini... Sipolino, One of the president's lawyers got up afterward and he made the point, look... And he phrased it in terms of like a, a hypothetical law school question. He said, if I were to describe to you a, a, an impeachment... This is like your law school exam question. That was on these vague charges of this and that and the other. Uh, there was not a single vote by the president's party. It was entirely partisan. And in fact... There was bipartisan rejection of the idea because several Democrats did go over. Not a lot, but several. Um, And then he he set it up. He said, what would your your answer be? Um, Should this impeachment go forward? Extra credit question. Should your party, does your party of preference affect your answer? The answer is clearly no. Uh, I thought it was great. It was a great summary. And then I, I woke up this morning and I was flipping through all the mainstream media, l- looking to see an account, it's as, as if none of that ever happened. Right. Yeah. They don't even describe it. They don't even describe it for the purposes of mocking it. It never happened.
1: Yeah, that's true. I saw um, uh, I saw a commentary on Kenneth Starr and a number of other things that happened yesterday, but nothing on Dershowitz. Um, I had heard all the other arguments from him on different shows. I hadn't heard him quoting. Uh, founding fathers in the Federalists in the Federalist Papers and stuff like that on the whole bipartisan nature on how they they thought it would be terrible if you ever if it was just one party that wanted the guy gone yeah well that's that's and that was a pretty powerful argument to me cause that that's what we got going here mm-hmm.
3: and and it's an argument echoed by Nancy Pelosi forcefully in March of last year forcefully that doesn't have to be
1: a crime so don't mess with me. There's so many for instances you can use of where it wouldn't be a crime. What if you had a president that regularly said, we don't have any troops in the Middle East? Yes, you do. We just asked the Pentagon. No, we don't. We asked the Pentagon. They say, we. everybody right. knows we have. Right. No, we we do not have troops. He just continued to say that. You and, could, and it's not mental incapacity. No. It's just trying to mislead you. Right, right. You could see a, a, a bipartisan saying, we got to get rid of this guy yeah. or woman.
3: Right. Or, or that's not a crime if a president repeatedly said, listen, and you could make a betrayal of oath argument, but that's not a crime. Oh, that's not. Well, no, that's. Gosh, is that a crime per se? But if a president were to say, you know, I'm going to help out China, I'm going to help out China every chance I get. And if sometimes it's bad for the American people or America itself, you know, that's too bad. I really like China. I'm a big fan of China. And both parties were like, holy crap, what? And everybody came together on a bipartisan basis and said, we can't have this. His, he got to be out or she's got to be out. Let's get the veep in there. There needn't be a crime. I disagree with Dershowitz on hmm. that. But, and see, that's the Federalist Papers you're mentioning, and Hamilton and Madison's writing in particular. Don't forget Jay. John Jay. He's a fine, uh, like George Mason. Just because he wasn't a freaking president or or or, or Lynn manuel Miranda didn't make a musical about him, people forget he existed. Anyway, their point was, all right, if there is a non-crimey reason to get rid of a president, the test of is it big enough and, and nasty enough will be, do the people... And the representatives of both parties come together and agree on it. We have a test. If it's vague and not a crime, we have a test for how big it is Do people cross party lines. That's the test. And if that test isn't good enough, we're doomed as a country. By the way. I keep forgetting the Super Bowl is this Sunday.
1: Because there's so much going on in the news. That up there on TV, that's the first time I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo with his helmet off.
3: Oh, please. He's you, like he's chiseled from granite.
1: You two have been talking about how handsome he is for quite some time, Sean. I uh, Just you guys can't shut up about how handsome Jimmy Garoppolo is, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I but, deal in facts. <laughs> he is dreamy. but that is a, Thank you, Michael. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen him with his helmet off. If he has a big game and, like, he's the MVP of the game, he is going to become an enormous figure in American life for he'll be advertising everything
3: yeah yeah I just I don't think he's as well known as he ought to be at this point yeah he will be and I'm saying with with the way he looks yeah
1: and then he's gonna have a movie career and I mean just yeah yeah if if he has a big game he is going to be launched onto the national stage for decades to come
3: it could be he's just got that look yeah we'll see we'll see I, I keep forgetting the Super Bowl is happening Um, Because the two weeks between the conference championships and the Super Bowl, it's better for the game. Because guys get to heal up and you get a better sense of, okay, this is this team, this is that team. Not, this is the two-thirds of the guys who can suit up for this team and the two-thirds because everybody's injured at this point of the year. So I like it. But in terms of, like, excitement momentum, I got, oh, that's right, Super Bowl. And I'm a huge Niners fan. But anyway.
1: My son got invited to a... Fourth graders' Super Bowl party, which I just think would just be a debauchery of chips and soda. Oh, please. It would just be completely out of control. Mountain Dew cans, as far as the eye can see.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, listen, speaking of the world of sports, when we come back, if I might, this won't take more than a minute, but uh, something happened for the first time in NBA history yesterday, last night, um, and really is uh, quite astounding.
1: And I got a whole bunch of texts about uh, your kids seeing stuff you didn't want them to see on the internet, like happened in our family. So oh, I'll hit boy. you with some of those coming up on The Armstrong and Getty Show. down the Democratic field, how he decides who should be the candidate.
2: Chris or Matthews of
1: hired Bob Yeah, really, really interesting. Really? Probably do it for okay. you next hour. Beautiful. And hilarious. Hey, a quick
3: note here from the World O Sport. Since they started keeping, like, super specific stats in 1996 in the NBA... Teams have been down by 17 or more points about 8,400 times. 8,400 times. And the teams, well, it's 8,379, 8,379 times. And the team's down 17 or more with three minutes left were 0 and 8379
1: down 17 with 3 minutes to go yeah, you can't more. win right <laughs> well the <laughs> you teams can't win at that the point. teams
3: are now longer no longer 0 and 8379 they are now 1 and 8379 the Sacramento Kings came back from 17 points down with a little under 3 minutes left and Against who and uh, the Washington the, Generals, the, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves, but, um, and they they tied it and won the game in overtime. The tying play to get it to overtime was the oft-discussed. Occasionally tried and never successful, intentionally missed free throw oh, with right. the putback. Right, right, yes. The the Kings exciting guard, the Aaron Fox, rocketed his free throw off the front of the rim that and never came works. right back that to him him. he laid it in. we're going OT. Wow,
1: that had to be exciting because that never works. The ball shoots into the stands. Or, or just falls to the floor or whatever. Right, that never works. That's well, that's that's something.
3: Right, and for Kinga's fans, uh, Buddy Heald had what did he? How many points did he have in? Forty two. But in the fourth quarter. So specifically fourth quarter. I don't. know. you, yes. know you I, don't know, do you? You know what and I you, think you jumped in. You know what I think one of the keys to that
1: is what being sucko. There's no pressure.
3: Right. If that had
1: been like a playoff game where you see, you know, boy. It's everybody's on their feet and uh, holding their hands and tears in their eyes. Oh, my God. Nobody was feeling that way. That'd right. be something if we came back and won this, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, whatever. We win. Who cares?
3: I see it in the world of golf all the time. Guys who are completely out of it all of a sudden start playing out of their heads. No pressure. Right. Zero. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I
1: was talking earlier about how my son, um, well, he didn't accidentally see something horrific on the Internet. Some kid said, hey, look at this. And he saw something horrific on the Internet that bothered him so much, he broke down Friday night and was crying and couldn't sleep and... Had to sleep in the bedroom with him, and he, and we haven't fully nailed down what he even saw yet, and we're, we're trying not to push it, but um,
3: uh, yeah, it'll emerge. Yeah,
1: but yeah. anyway, we all know there are horrific things on the internet. Somebody talked about how, uh, and this is not a conversation for the kids, but somebody, and I was saying to those to those who would make the comment like, oh, bad language with kids. Well, they're going to hear it anyway. They're going to hit her on mm. the playground. Yeah, that, okay. is, that that's true. But it's not true with some of the things you'll see on the Internet. Oh. You can see things on the Internet as a 50-year-old you'll never forget in your life and you wish you'd never seen. Mm-hmm. God knows what it does to your brain when you can't even comprehend of these sorts of things, whether it's sex or violence or whatever. Right. Somebody texted as an adult. They saw the Nicholas Berg being beheaded video, and they wish they'd never seen it, and it oh, pops God. into their head all the time. Uh-huh. I never saw it. I'm not watching that sort of stuff. But, you know, if you want to, fine. But there are things out there that can damage your brain. Uh, we got texts about that. Jack, I completely agree with you. My husband and I watched the Netflix show Don't F with Cats. Have uh, you heard about that? No, sir. I know people that are super yeah. into it. And like these people say, I seriously wish I'd never watched it. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. What's I, what don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to describe it. Uh, uh kind of The documentary style thing about this guy who went viral being very mean to cats. Oh, oh, right. It's Enough. just animal Enough. abuse. Yeah, the it's the internet sleuths who...
3: Well, I'm glad they found him, but Um,
1: got this. Uh, My seven-year-old watched Number 10, and my five-year-old saw a few seconds of it too, and I was so mad. I don't know what that is, and I'm not gonna. I don't want them to see it. We're at a friend's house, and their older kid just showed him a bunch of YouTube stuff while the adults were in the other room. It's it's uh it's awful. It damaged my son. Boy, and, um, and
3: YouTube is among the safer provinces.
1: Yeah, but you got those videos. I mean, videos, it's not good. You got those videos that losers put out there where it's like kid-friendly, right. and then all of a sudden something horrible shows up yeah. in it. And yeah. YouTube misses that stuff a lot. Yeah. Um. Where's the parental blocks on these kids' phones? Yeah, well, they're, they're the sort of parents that are giving their young kids the Internet they don't care about that sort of stuff for whatever reason. Seeing shock porn on the internet is hard if you're in your late teens. I remember my experience like it was a kick to my brain. I can't imagine a child enduring that. Oh yeah. What have we done? It would it, you would never look at certain things the same way. Mm. I can think of things I've seen on the video. In, uh, on that's uh, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you keep your kids for it.
3: Well, you just do your best.
1: Do your best in hope, I guess.
0: find your perfect home sweet home we went from normal life healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or b cell all the saint jude team came up to get cj via ambulance shortly after that i noticed a rainbow it meant that there was hope we were driving into hope To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.
2: This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment